Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Sup, bitches. <laughs> We've got a great show for you today. First off, hey, no need to pay for a sex therapist when you're not having sex. Well, we are going to give you all the info you need to revamp your sex life with your partner without the $300 per session price tag. That's good because I don't have that money, so thank you. Me neither. Then we're bringing you some... Guys, sometimes I read the episode ahead of time, sometimes I don't. I didn't read it this time. Ashley wrote it. I just like squirted a little bit when I read Hot Goss. We are going to do some fun hot goss. I need this. I need this I so bad, guys. I need this so bad. I know. We are bringing you some super fun piping hot goss. Then, as always, we have our hashtag swag bag, why would we not? Always. And we have, you know, those titties and those shitties. Take it away. Kicking shit. I'll go first. My shits are too many to get into. I thought instead I would focus on another shit that affects the environment. So I saw a TikTok from a creator. He goes by P-M-A-T-Z-K-O. That just sounds like a bunch of letters together and not an actual word so I'm spelling it. I guess we can put the link to the video in the show notes but it's all about an update regarding the New Jersey single-use plastic bag ban. So for those of you who do not live in New Jersey like Carrie and I do there was a ban I don't know what two years ago three years ago where they banned all single-use plastic bags. So when you go to the store you either have to bring a reusable bag or you have to pay to buy a bag. No single-use. So even if you you get like food delivered for example like uh there's a liquor Fresh store we deliver from yeah but they always did those plastic the thick right. plastic bags but like or like takeout like our ts ma our right. chinese place they they don't do like the no plastic bag, bag. Mm-hmm. does not exist in new jersey anymore a new study shows that emissions have actually increased Despite this ban, okay? That's because that's not us. It, we're not the ones that are causing the problem. It's big business. It's factories. Yes, it's, yes but that's not why. It's Taylor they, Swift and her private chat going to the Super Bowl. Right. And Kylie, you know, going within LA proper to fly right. somewhere. People assumed that there would be an ideal outcome, right? Switching to multiple use bags. You which know what use, happens when you assume, Ashley? You make an ass out of you and me. That's right. These multi-use bags actually use six times as much plastic to make because they're thicker, they're more durable. I did not need this today, Ashley. <laughs> but everyone thought it was going to be okay because, you know, the idea is you're using it, hopefully, as many as a hundred times over and over and over again. People are not using them like that. They found that 90% of those bags are used only two to three times. Not me. I've got the same old damn bags patched up looking terrible. Do you know how many of these bags I have? Because I sometimes order groceries from Whole Foods, which is through Amazon, and those come in these thick plastic bags, so I reuse those too. using them two or three times? What monsters? I don't know. My car is filled with them. I have them by my front door. I use mine until they're literally falling apart. I've decided I'm to start giving people gifts in them. I don't care if they're not pretty. Like, I have so many and I don't want them to end up in a landfill. Who are these yahoos? So plastic consumption is up and therefore carbon emissions are up by 500%. Ugh, that's a lot more than 100 
That's five times as much. And I don't even do math. Uh huh. <laughs> These multi use bags are additionally non recyclable plastic, where the single use are at least recyclable. The most fun out of all of this is it has been bad for everyone except retailers who can make up to $200,000 a year per store off of these bags. So those are my shits. Dear Jesus. God damn. I know Matt and I like always make it a point to have bags. You know, you've given me those like little reusable bags that fold into a pocket. I've bought more of those. I have them in all my purses so that I'm never without a bag. I have in my car. I have them in my purse. I have a clip-on on on the kid's bag. Yeah. So I just don't know, like you said, who these monsters are that are uh, doing that. My tits are January's over. We're recording this on the last day of January. Good riddance. Shits and giggles. I would remind everyone that in January, the 365 days of this past January, I've had strep. I guess, did I even talk about that? I had strep. Yeah, you did. I had an allergic reaction to a product I bought because of TikTok. Which product was it? The Anua Heart Leaf Cleansing Oil. Oh, the one that takes the like blackhead out? Yes, which it does do that. It did take the blackheads out. It also yeah. gave me like that textured skin and my skin was so perfect and I had worked so hard to get it there. So here we are. But um, the tits are goodbye, January. Time for February and the rest of the year to happen. Good riddance, bitch. I'm not going to say I have high hopes, but... But I have hopes. Just hopes. You're high and you have hopes. No, Wait, just here you go. Why not? <laughs> All right. What are your tits and shits, friend? My tits is on today, the uh, 31st year of our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The 2000, no, whatever it is. Guys, I'm, I'm so. I'm, I'm I don't just, even know what you're trying to say here. <laughs> today, on the 31st of January, in oh, okay. the 224th year of our Lord. That's how people say that. I am a published poet. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. albeit a sort of online zine, I've decided that, I mean, I think I decided it before, but I'm just actualizing it into words. This year, and I'm not going to say 2024, I'm going to say the 25th, uh, sorry, the 45th year of my life, I have sort of come into my own in that, guys, I have pretty good self-confidence. You know this. Oh, what? You do? You guys know So this. much so, I said to my therapist yesterday, I was talking about stuff, and I was like, she's like, how is it making you feel about yourself? And I said, look, I don't want to sound like one of those people who thinks I'm fantastic. And she goes, well, why would I think that? I said, I don't know. I deal with my business partner all the time, and she's always telling me how great she is, so now I'm scared if I say <laughs> anything remotely positive about myself, people are going to think I'm cocky, because I know how up the wall it drives me that Carrie is always telling me how great she is. Yeah, but you know what? Who it doesn't drive crazy? You? Me. And I'm the most important person. So there you go. To you. Listen, in this world, people don't have self-confidence. I have enough for everyone. That's how I feel. If no one's going to believe in you until you believe in you. Hello? Sure. Uh Uh-huh. Continue. So anyway, I have decided to get rid of the, the critic in my mind that says that I'm not good enough to do things. I'm amazed you have that critic. I do. Can you imagine if I did it? I thought I was living in that world. I truly just thought I was. The me that you know only does half the things she thinks that she could do. Jesus Christ. I would be dangerous. Dangerous is one word for it. I was thinking insufferable, but dangerous (laughs) works too. Dangerously insufferable. (laughs) I've decided to not let 
self-doubt get in my way. And so I went to grad school, even though I thought I wasn't smart enough and I'm doing it. And I decided that my poetry wasn't just something that is good for me only. And I tried to get it published. And evidently someone else is also as Delulu as I am and thought that it was good and published it. And I'm just allowing myself to do all the things that maybe I didn't think I could do before. I'm just going to do them because life's too short. I also want to confirm, I'm not saying that you're not good at things by any means. You know I'm team carry all the way. Okay. Of course. Just clarifying. I'm just saying like for all the things that you see me do that you think, oh man, that girl has a lot of self-confidence, there's an additional same amount of things I don't do because I feel not confident, which I know is crazy town, but that is the case. Remember, I have ADHD. I have a lot of ideas and things that I want to do. My shits are, oh my God, I just forgot them. I had them and then I forgot them. Oh, fuck. What was I guess that's shits? a good problem to have that you no, can't remember your shit. was a good shit. And then I just, uh, what was it? God damn it, motherfucker. Oh, I remember my shit. Thank okay. God. I recently decided that I no longer want to be a helpful person. Now, you've joked oh, right. that I am a person who will, like, drive anyone to the airport and all that other kind of stuff. And I mean, it wasn't a joke. You would. It's true. Right. Right. It is a part of my identity that I, like, really, I really am a helper. I really am. I've decided I no longer want to be that way. Not blanketly, but I've just decided that I no longer want to go out of my way just to help people randomly because... I'm triggered. <laughs> I have had in reminded recently in a couple of experiences where I help someone and then they either are like, yeah, I don't like what you did. And I'm like, well, you asked me to help. Or they like negate the amount of uh, work it's taking for me to help them. Or, and this is the part that really feels triggering. I put in all these years and all these work and all these experiences and then I help them and then they do better than me in like five seconds than I do for an entire career. That might sound petty, but call me Tom Petty. I don't give a I fuck. I mean, listen, to not acknowledge that would be such a lie because I have also been there and I've been like, you motherfucker. Like, I'm happy for you, but also, God damn it, that should have been me. That's human to feel I that I was the way. kid. I went to class. I never cut class. I went to class every day, no matter how sick I was. I took copious notes. And then my friends who would ditch for whatever would take my notes and then they would get a higher grade on the exam. Mm. Than I did. And I'm like, and so I'm just having those feelings recently. I recently have had some people who were like, my last interaction with them four or five years ago was not great. They were not good to me. They did not give me care or kindness. And now they're asking me for favors. And old Carrie of four days ago or whatever would just help them. I'm just tired after 45 years of helping people. And I don't expect people to help me back. I just expect people to be grateful, I guess. I just don't want to do it anymore. You're not supposed to give anything with expectations. I don't. I guess I just want them to not like criticize. If you ask for help and then I give you help, (laughs) don't criticize the help that I give you. Just be like, thank you. I I don't think that's expecting anything. I think that's You know what I mean? Like, just don't be like, I, the way you helped is not great. Did somebody actually say that? (laughs) I've just had various circumstances where I have helped and then people are like, yeah, that wasn't really what I wanted. Well, then don't fucking ask me. I've just decided I am going to look out for number one and I'm only going to help people that I feel appreciated and do something in my life that is helping me as well. Right. And it's not a tit for tat. No, but it could also be just like somebody that you have that you know will be there for you when you need it. Like every relationship should be a two-way street. 
this is the funny part, and then I'll stop talking. But I had this guy that when I was single, it really seemed like he was flirting with me quite a lot. And other people thought so too. It wasn't just me. He kept asking me if he could sleep over. He'd live far, he lived kind of far away. So he would come to the city and be like, can I stay at your house? And he would invite me to dinner and then he'd invite me to come see him. And it was definitely, he was like vibing. And then when I kind of overtly hit on him, because I was like, what is taking so long for this dude to like come at me? Like, are you making a move? What's happening here? We've all been there too, yeah. And Uh there had been like tons of flirting. And we're two grownups. We're two people in our 30s. It's not like children here. He just shut it down in a really rude way. And I never heard from him again. So he was using you? Kind of. And wow. this motherfucker, I haven't talked to him in, how long have I been with Lee? At least nine years. He fucking texted me today being like, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I was wondering if you could help me. Yeah, I'm not off. even returning that motherfucker's call. <laughs> no, don't. Do not. Don't text him back. Nothing. Don't even acknowledge him. We were good, good friends for years and years and years. And when I said, so is this going to happen or not? You ghost me? Done. Don't reach out about podcast consulting. <laughs> fucking go fuck yourself. That's how Unless I feel he's about gonna that. pay us, in no, which case we like, will do it. Like, oh, sure, Mike, and I'm wondering what system you edit. Go fuck yourself. Goodbye. Well, on that note, let's go to <laughs> segment one. <laughs> Here's what the sex therapist you can't afford tells couples who aren't having sex. This article comes to us from former employee <laughs> Scary Mommy. <laughs> Thank you, Scary Mommy. Yes, the uh, sex therapist that's referenced. Throughout this article is New York-based psychotherapist Ian Kerner, PhD. He's the author of She Comes First. Yes, he's a man. <laughs> right, but he wrote a book called She Comes First. Like I'd the, like to see he's it. He's a friend of mine. Okay. He's not actually a friend of mine. I just mean because he values women coming first. Anyway. I got it. I got it. And the other book is, so tell me about the last time you had sex. So sex therapy, at the end of the day, is much less costly than divorce and infidelity. So let's get into this. These are the four things that you will get in sex therapy. Is it sex? Because that's the only thing I want to get for Well, hopefully that's the end result, but there is work that has to be done before that, right? Got it. So Mm -hmm. one is prompts to get you talking about sex. So one of the things he does in therapy is ask couples to recount the last time they had sex. And then he wants you to go through a sex script or sequence of behaviors that constitute a sexual event, including where it happened, who initiated it, how partners became aroused, what they did, who had an orgasm, and who didn't. Oh, this sounds horrible. Horrible. <laughs> this part does. The this rest doesn't terrible. sound that terrible. Yeah, like I don't really want to be like, and then you did this, and I didn't like that. I was quite dry. So, it- <laughs> <laughs> right, like then we reached for the lube. Like it just feels weird. But you know, also intimacy, you should be able to talk about the sex with the person you're having sex with. That's what my mother always said. She said, until you can talk to the person you're with about sex, you have no business having sex. And I was like, well, she's right. Oh, Thanks, partner, Dad. Leave it to her. The more you know. Mm -hmm. Talk about how each partner felt each step of the way, and that helps all parties understand why they're in a rut. Number two, some psychoeducation. So much of the work done in therapy for couples not having a lot of sex involves correcting misconceptions around differences in desire. So this, I thought, was one of those things that are like so obvious, but you've never really realized it. Brace yourselves. I have a feeling Carrie's going to be like, I already knew this. For women to get turned on in real life, the part of the brain associated associated with stress and anxiety has to be turned off. Good luck, Chuck. Have you heard that? Yeah, but like, good luck. I didn't know that. In this day and age? With plastic bags? 500% more? (laughs) And people asking for podcast advice? 
go fuck yourself because I can't fuck myself because I'm too stressed. (laughs) And I have no time to myself to do it. Biologically, men tend to experience, this is a big old duh for me, men tend to experience desire in a more spontaneous, highly reactive way. They could see a sexual cue and be ready to go. And I think that's why Sydney Sweeney is such a big star right now. Anyway, (laughs) three, a calendar invite for sex. This is where it gets not sexy, guys. Everything gets scheduled. You have to make time for a colonoscopy, so you should make time for sex. I was like, where are you going with that? Are we doing butt sex now? Is that why we're getting the colonoscopy? Whatever floats your boat. That's not the life for me, but if it is for you, go for it. I've tried so many times. (laughs) You're going to have to replace desire with the willingness to put yourself through the motions of getting things going. So he suggests kneeling down what he calls a willingness window or block of time when you and your partner commit to connecting, warming things up, and being sexual with one another. You don't have to have actual sex on the day of your willingness window. Your willingness window is the worst word I've ever heard. Like, what should he call it? Like, the sexy time frame? You know, like, anything you call it's going to be weird. Willingness window, I guess it alludes to consent. I'm in a new Brooklyn shoegazer band called <laughs> Willingness Window. <laughs> kind of. We do covers of the Smiths. <laughs> so, once you've... <laughs> Once you have scheduled sex, it's on your calendar. You guys have done all the work where you've talked about, like, the what did he call it? The uh, the sex script. You're going to set your willingness window. So, hey, it's Thursday. It's our day. We've scheduled to have sex. So let's be intimate in some kind of way. Get ready. <laughs> on that day, you're going to want to create what he calls an arousal runway. <laughs> <laughs> it's called my taint. <laughs> That's my arousal runway. Your date? Why are you playing so close to the garbage dump? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, that leads to the arousal runway. <laughs> <laughs> we are unhinged. Oh my God. January's been a crazy year. <laughs> Let me take this back. So next, you're going to want to create what Kerner calls an arousal runway that leads to the sexual experience you both want to have. So you're going to discuss your fantasies or remember something that aroused you in the past and can help you bring your sexual selves out to play. Alternatively, you can also outsource the effort by watching, reading, or listening to something sexy like Dipsy or porn or whatever you want. Tell your intern. <laughs> Then get in bed together and see where your hands go. (laughs) Right towards Carrie's arousal runway of her taint. Oh my god, there's so much ass play in this episode. Okay. Uh, Number four, a deadline. Oh, Oh, God. Yeah, this is the least sexy thing, but it works. And he charges $300 for this information. Guys, feel free to Venmo us. $300. (laughs) We could use it. You're welcome. You've got to get to it, not just talk about it. He encourages couples to take action on their own time within three weeks when he'll often set a follow-up therapy session for accountability. So luckily, many of his clients don't actually end up needing it. A couple can be touched out, tapped out, overstretched, and struggling to find energy to have sex. But if they do it once, they might enjoy it and wonder, geez, why aren't we doing this more often? I mean, I can attest to that. I feel like Matt and I will get very busy or like, for example, right now I'm on antibiotics and I'm trying to not 
get any kind of yeast infection for my <laughs> antibiotics, so I'm not doing anything. Nothing's happening. <laughs> there ain't nothing happening because I don't instance, need that. For instance, I got my CPAP machine on by the time Lee comes <laughs> up from bed. And it's hard to unhook from Listen, that thing. No one said that you can't reach the taint arousal runway While with a CPAP you're, machine on. It's true. I just have to stay tethered to that side of the bed so he's going to come to me because oh I got that God. hook on there. You I know? just pictured him mounting you with your CPAP machine on. Sometimes I feel like in Mad Max when Bane has that oxygen mask. I haven't on. seen the new That's one. That's what I feel like because it connects to the top of my head and then I've got like a weird snorks like <laughs> thing that attaches to this thing and then there's like a humidifier attached. Like there's a lot going on here. Four things you <laughs> won't get in sex therapy. Are you ready? Sex. A solution that doesn't include sex. Okay. When we have sex, we feel good. It's a source of connectedness. That could mean editing your sex script, challenging sexual beliefs about say what gets you I off. already edit the podcast. I don't want to edit my <laughs> sex script. <laughs> exploring. It's easy to lose the thread, but sex is a glue that gets you through the hard stuff and makes you feel connected like a team. Glue. Hard. I don't want sports metaphors for sex. Like anything, I don't want to feel like a team. Be a team player in this. I'd take a couple, I don't need a team. Non-monogamy or planning a sexual adventure together like going to a sex party or finding another couple to hook up with is another way that you can do that. Again, not the life for me, but good for you. Number two, a return ticket to your sex life before kids. You will not get this from therapy. He calls a couple's early sex life the infatuation phase. It's an evolutionary adaptation to help us procreate. And look where it got us. Yeah. Look where we are now, you stupid, stupid girl. While erotic and exhilarating, it's a pretty shitty benchmark for what sex is supposed to be. I don't think so. I think that was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It's just unrealistic. You can't expect... Your body tricked you. Well, then it tricked me for 25 years because that was a good long run. That was a good long hoe run. You weren't in a monogamous run. I know you were for periods of time, but not for not as long as you've been with Lee. It's a different thing. It's it's going to change. And also, like, right now, menopausal, do you think you would be into having sex that much if you were with some, like, just starting to date someone? I don't, for me. And I'm not menopausal. I stab people. Right. I, I would rather just stab somebody instead of have sex with them. <laughs> My skin is flaking off like a fucking <laughs> iguana. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Number three, that you will not get from sex therapy. A firm sex quota. You never want to put a number on it since there are so many different factors like age, lifestyle, and time. But he thinks that there's something about having sex once a week that feels achievable and keeps you sexually connected. Otherwise, once a week becomes two, two becomes three. The more you let sex go, the more you feel pressure to have sex and that pressure doesn't have a positive effect on being a sexual person. No, because stress affects a woman's libido. Right. It might be fine for a man, but not for women. So number four, you will not get from sex therapy. Pressure to do things you don't want to do. You don't have to have off-the-chart sex, new and novel sex. Just having that really nice weekly comfort sex can provide a foundation and opportunities to spice things up, be risky, try something new. When it's mutually satisfying, you're reestablishing that consistency 
consistency, and that can be plenty satisfying. I agree with that. Like, when we are consistent about things, you know, there's one week where it's, like, the greatest thing, and there's another week where it's just, like, this felt like we were making love, you know? Like, it really <laughs> is. It's different every week. And But the key is the repetitiveness and making it consistent. I mean, very sadly, and Lee probably will want me to edit this out, I haven't had consistent sex since I've had the baby. I mean, I just haven't. Like, before, we were pretty good, but I think the trauma of childbirth and then all the other stuff, like, I definitely, like, disassociated from my body after the trauma of childbirth and then menopause happened so quickly right after that. I mean, it's been a, it's been a tricky terrible time for that. It's been a good time for other things. Like in other ways, Lee and I feel incredibly closer than we did before. But in that kind of like primal place, it was really affected by having a baby for sure. I mean, I just agree. And I think just like being a grown up, I've been with Matt since I was 25. And, you know, we met when I was 23 ish. And I feel like we have grown together, but also like has changed right you know we're not just like two kids that are like bartending and have irresponsible lives where we just can like be out till five in the morning and go function at two in the you know like that's not life anymore life is real bills and kids and real anxiety and stresses and life things and family members that are changing and evolving in their lives and getting older and all kinds of other things and all of those things play a part in it Mm -hmm. on the flip side that is what a real relationship is right like that's what you want when you want that kind of partnership is somebody to grow with and change and evolve and develop with but it's just important that while you're doing that you're regularly scheduled sexual hygiene oil change yeah (laughs) sexual hygiene is nasty it sounds like you know douching or something it is it's a dick douche well (laughs) that's not what I meant (laughs) but yeah I guess you're right Get that dick douche and let's call it a day. This is one of our unhinged episodes. Guys, I, I feel absolutely crazy right now. <laughs> you sound it. <laughs> but so do feel I. It's okay. <laughs> nuts so Just so you know. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to hug us? Or do you have any of anything else you want to say? I hate talking about sex because I used to be such a sexually alive person. And now I'm yeah. not. And I know that the more you don't do it and the more you don't talk about it, there is nothing more humbling. I was going to say worse, but it's actually not bad because it's a very vulnerable and kind of beautiful place to be. So I guess I'll, humbling is the right word for it. When someone that you've known for a really long time that you love, that you've had a child with, it feels like weird I'm in high school fumbling around with where it's been so long and you both feel self-conscious about stuff and you're both feeling awkward and you're saying when you're in the relationship you're feeling all these yeah like when you've been with someone for a long time and you've very obviously had sex you have a child together and it's been a while and you start to try to initiate again that sort of very humbling experience of the two of you feeling awkward and feeling like vulnerable and maybe not your best and whatever it is that is both a beautiful moment to connect and a really terrifying moment because yes. it's just like, why do I feel like this? There's all those like, I should, I could, I shouldn't, I whatever. But those moments where you're like staring at your partner who you've known for a really long time, if you shared all these things and it's almost like the hardest thing in that moment to connect on is the thing that brought you together. There's nothing kind of worse than that, but also it's not that bad because if you're willing to be truly vulnerable and fumbling and awkward and all those things, 
things, that is the person you should be able to do that with. Yeah, you just gotta I get agree. over that hump of being like, do I put my hand here? You want it now, baby? Like, what I mean, uh, to be honest, I think some of the best times that he and I have together are the times we're like awkward and laughing. I mean, I, I have said on here that I've said like, give me that smelly dick because we were dirty <laughs> and I was just like, we're doing it. We got to get it out of the way. I have definitely laughed a dick out of my vagina multiple times where I've just laughed so hard that I squeezed that dick right out. <laughs> and isn't that fun? Like, isn't it fun to have those moments with the person that you are choosing to spend your life with? Yes. I think that's a lovely thing. It's That's why I said it's terrible and great at the same time. The trap is physical intimacy, sexual hygiene... <laughs> is a necessary part of a relationship for most people. You know, maybe if you're asexual, that's not the case. Or I'm you're sure just like hot and horny all the time. Maybe it's not It's not even a thought because you're just like doing sure. it all the time. But like really, have you met a couple that is hot and horny all the time 10 yes. years later? Yes. You have? Oh, right. That's right. God, God bless them. I know a couple, actually. Wow. I don't. I don't know one person. Well, I know people who say it and I just don't believe them. How's that? I know multiple people that are having sex on the daily. Who is it? Fucking Larsa Pippen having sex five times a night. That's what she says. Larsa is on Real Housewives of Miami. That's a whole other thing. She's dating her husband's ex-husband was Scottie Pippen. He was on the Bulls with Michael Jordan. She is now dating Michael Jordan's son. Very weird. Whole thing. But she says that she has sex with Marcus Jordan five times a night. Five times a night. Can you imagine? That pussy must be so sore. She's pushed out like three or four kids. So like, can you imagine? That thing must be Chernobyl down there. She needs to get her retirement settlement on that business. (laughs) Also, five times a night? Do you have nothing else to do? How do you find time for that? She must be dehydrated. Let's get her some sort of, she needs a, she needs a hydration. Don't they go to dinner? Like, don't they want to sleep? Oh, man. There are a zillion things I would rather do than... Maybe it's really quick. For her? And then is she finishing? How do you judge how many times in a night? Does it have to stop and start? Is it how many times you come? Like, I assume somebody's got to finish. Unless you're staying and you're just having, like, tantric sex for hours where no one's coming. You're just edging, edging, that edging. That does not sound fun in any way. <laughs> you're just edging and looking into each other's eyes and then <laughs> chanting and then edging again. And then you're writing the song Englishman in New York and then you're chanting and then you're edging again. And Desert Rose. <laughs> then you're doing, like, four <laughs> Kundalini yoga poses and then your Kalabati breathing and then you come. I swear to God, nothing sounds worse than that to me. I would rather live a sexless life than have tantric st- sting sex. <laughs> and all I hear is playing in the background in my mind. That's all. Okay. Oh my gosh. Should we move on to hot gas? Let's do it. All right, I got all kinds of shit here for you. You ready? I'm going to switch between reality, non-reality. Cause boom, ready. <laughs> Taylor Swift is going to the Super Bowl. And other people. That's my delivery. Other ball sporters. Other people involved in the sport are also going. One of the brothers. Here's the thing. I literally 
could go don't the rest of my life without care. hearing about Taylor Swift ever. I don't need to hear about Taylor Swift. I don't need to hear about Travis Kelsey. What I also don't understand is the people that are enraged by it. I just don't care. The like misogyny that is coming out over all of this is really what's shocking to me. Like the men who are so upset. Firstly, it's bringing dads and daughters together. Like this is a thing. It's actually bringing families together, which I think is really, really nice and lovely. I just don't care. I just don't care. I, it's not a bonding experience for me. There's no one I'm bonding with over it. No. Because at I the end care. of the day, I'm still going to go upstairs and watch Real Housewives. I was thinking this today. She is so pedestrian. She is basic. Bay basic. She is supposed to be one of the richest and most spectacular beings. But that matte red lip and what she's wearing to those games, snooze fest. Snooze Fast. I don't know how anyone can pick Taylor Swift over Beyonce. If those are the two options. She's got Gucci money with Walmart taste. 100%. I, I agree with you. And is that calculated? Probably. I, I don't think there's a thing that girl does that isn't calculated. Which, hey, listen, we thought Carrie had a brain tumor and we were like, this will get us on the Today Show. <laughs> so I'm not saying that in a necessarily bad way. I'm just factually, I think everything she does is calculated. And I really don't have anything against her other than this thing inside of me that I have always had where when the whole world is blowing something so hard, it makes makes me hate it. Mm-hmm. It's just how I am. I, it happens. I don't know. And I don't hate Taylor Swift by any means. I just don't care. And I like, I, she annoys me. Like, I think she's incredibly talented. I really do. I think totally. she's absolutely I agree with incredibly you. talented. Yes. There's just something about her that seems disingenuous. And I think it's the calculated part of it. Like, I can't. It's the queer baiting. I can't buy completely into it. Now, I know this is not what the TikTok is about, but every time I look at her, I'm just like, she doesn't have great style. Like, I don't want to be one of those people like I don't like you if you don't have great style I don't have great style so like I can't I'm not one to talk but you're asking why she's a superstar if there's nothing spectacular kind of yeah okay, I get that again very talented I think she, it's great like she writes her own music she's written music for other people that's awesome yeah her talent is what makes her spectacular that is what it is yeah but otherwise I'm just bored if I didn't know about her talent I'm like I don't understand this anyway even with all that I still don't really understand it to be completely honest I don't have an issue with it but she's Go to the Super Bowl, yay, on a private jet because she has a concert like right before and right after. In Tokyo and and, like whatever. Okay. But mind you, Travis Kelsey is not going to the Grammys. I heard that. He will not be going to the Grammys. So she is going across the world to support him in a big big game. Women's lib. Uh huh. But he can't go support her at the Grammys. And I know every man out there is going to be like, well, it's because he has practice. Okay. Whatever. She's got practice too. Yeah. She's got shit to do. I would argue she is a much bigger star than he is yeah for sure without a doubt um okay next up Vanderpump Rules my favorite of the Bravo shows is back better than Real Housewives no I guess not but it's up there it's up there it's above uh, certain housewives for sure like certain housewives it's above Orange County it's above Atlanta it's above Potomac it's above Salt Lake it's above everything but Housewives of New York I think old Housewives of New York anyway how about Jersey better than Jersey yeah I like Jersey back in the day. I don't like Jersey recently, but like table flipping days, couldn't get better television than that. Prostitution whore. Listen, I have been doing Orange County from the beginning. I have never done it. And I finally got to Brooks lying about cancer. And I have to tell you, it may be the most incredible reality TV I've ever seen. It is right up there next to Jen Shaw and the feds coming for her in the beauty lab parking lot. It is monumental television. It is the only thing that 
got me through January is Brooks lying about his cancer, okay? <laughs> and that being said, I still don't overall like Orange County. So Vanderpump Rules is back. And I don't have high hopes. This isn't even gossip. This is an opinion right now. Once you've reached those heights. I mean, Salt Lake City did it. Salt Lake City had a very successful season this season. A great, well-done season after a huge high. The girl who brought it before was done and they got Monica. They'll find somebody. I, I have all the faith in those bitches. They are high-achieving reality stars. Mm. But Vanderpump Rules, I just don't have high hopes. And I haven't. And after what I saw last night, I really don't. I'm tired of Scandaval. I never thought I'd say that. I'm over it. They need like a new thing. It can't just yeah. be the same shit rehashed. I'm over Tom Sandoval crying on Nick Vile's podcast. A, why is that interview happening like nine months after? That's insane. I think Schwartzy said it best when he called Ariana the patron saint of scorned women. Agreed. I'm over Ariana. Ariana and all of her bitterness, to be honest, Isn't too. Isn't she on the Broadway now? She is now on the Broadway, which I have, Tia, I have a friend who went to opening night and left early because he said it all fell flat for him. Got it. Did you hear that Morgan Wade deleted all of Kyle's photos? I did. What do we think about that? So my thoughts on it are, at first, very suspicious because it happened like a day or two after they filmed the reunion for this season. So I was like, ooh, ooh. And I had heard that Kyle also deleted those photos. However, I saw today, Kyle actually did not delete the photos. Only Morgan Wade did. And it's because she's about to drop new music and she's doing that thing that all the artists do now where they like clear out their Instagram before they drop a new album. So it actually is nothing. Do you think they're going to move to Nashville? I think Kyle might. I don't think they as a collective Umansky family will. But I think Kyle might. Yeah. Kyle has said that she wants to live a quieter life. And I so I think like when she's not filming, she's probably going to be in Aspen where they have a house or Nashville or something like that. I think that makes a lot of sense for her. It's very clear she does not like her husband anymore. It is abundantly yes. clear yes. in this season. And I used to love them as a couple. I, I Even though I kind of always thought he cheated on her, she always seemed very into him. He's also like still kind of like a likable guy, weirdly. 100%, Marie. Too is very likable, and that he's just one of those. He's guys. one of those guys. He's like a Ben Affleck. Yeah, I think my dad used to be one of those guys. He's no longer one of those guys. It's been a good forty years where he hasn't been one of those guys. But like, there are just some people that have like a certain je ne sais quoi that no matter yes. what they do, you're like that rap scallion. Oh, those are the gosh. yes, those are the guys that get you into trouble. Those are the ones that like end up with like five different babies with different baby mamas because they're just so charming. Speaking of babies and baby mamas, did you hear Mariah? Carrie's daughter sing. No. Is Voice she good? of an Angel. Really? Might be better than Mariah. I'll send you the TikTok. There's a TikTok. Please do. I love rock and roll. Of her daughter singing a boys to men song in their like pool house and the acoustics are and this girl is like this child is where Mariah Carey was at her peak. Wow. I Cannot. It was so good. You know Mariah is one of my queens. Matt got me a book for Hanukkah that I have been wanting that's written by some music guy who he knows, but I don't know. And it's called Why Mariah Carey Matters. And I haven't started reading it, but I love the idea of it because A, she's been one of my queens since I was a little girl. And I think people are always so quick to dismiss pop artists as, you know, like their music isn't really relevant and it just made a lot of money. Her and Whitney Houston have the two best voices of anyone 
my two and queens. Celine Dion. And Celine Dion. Celine Dion, yes. I don't love Celine Dion, style. that crazy cook. Yeah. I love her. What a fucking nut job that woman is. God bless. Yes. Celine Dion's incredible. Okay, question for you. Do you care that Sophia Richie's pregnant? Nope. Me neither. <laughs> That's it. I just feel like she's not our generation. No, but. It'd be good for her. Yeah, great. But like, okay, whatever. Moving on. A couple weeks ago, Carrie and I were at the Smith in the city with mm-hmm. our editor, Eve, having our belated holiday party. And Renee Rapp, who was, it was the week of Mean Girls opening, walked into the restaurant. She was doing the SNL. Yes, that week. And she was like doing press all week because the movie was opening. So she walked into the Smith and we were like very excited. I really like Renee Rapp. I liked Sex Lives of College Girls very much. And that's where I first saw her. I think she's very talented. I've heard her music. I like that song she does with Megan Thee Stallion. Like her a lot. She does not like millennial women. She outwardly said, I don't like millennials. And now I don't like her. <laughs> I'm a Gen Zer. What am I? I don't know what I am. I think I'm a Gen Zer. You would be Gen X. Hey, Gen X. You're on the cusp of millennial and Gen X. Got it. I mean, you always say that, but truly old millennials are like 1983, which is basically like Matt, maybe a year or two over that. So you are the same generation as my parents. Well, we knew that. Which is funny. See, this is why I could never date an older guy because that's just like, it's weird for me to say that. You guys don't get a lot of hate. You know why? Because we walked 12 miles uphill in the snow. That's why. No, you were latchkey kids. You were like very much left on your own. You're also like badasses, I think. I think Gen X is a generation of badasses. We're like cockroaches. Yes. I have no issue with Gen X. What I have an issue with is being a millennial and constantly being dogged on. And having Renee Rapp hate you. Yeah, like for what purpose? She went on Watch What Happens Live and she said to Andy Cohen, I am ageist. Like proudly declared herself an ageist, said she doesn't like millennials. Why'd she have to go that hard? She went really hard is the thing. Like had she just been like, yeah, millennials, blah, blah, blah. I think, fine, whatever. This is her platform now. Some of us want to radicalize motherhood and some of us just want to eradicate millennials, I guess. I don't know. All right. Have you heard? that Kim Kardashian is going to be producing and playing a significant acting role in a three-part Elizabeth Taylor series. I just know her uh, psoriasis is flaring up. (laughs) In the shape of a heart on her leg. Same, same, right? I have a particular... Problem with this? I have met Elizabeth Taylor a couple times. Oh my, really? I love this. I was the celebrity nanny. Oh, right, 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 right. No, I knew that. Can you say this, by the way? I forgot that she was married to Richard Burton and Richard Burton was Kate Burton's father. Like, I forgot all the, like, thing back. But, okay, continue. Tell the so, story. So, I have met Elizabeth Taylor a couple of times. Oh, my God. Was she lovely or no? No, she was actually lovely. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing because she, like, stole. Was she, like, wheelchair days, Elizabeth Taylor? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, Kate Burton's mom who is lovely, lost her husband multiple times yeah, to Elizabeth Yeah, like two Taylor. or three times. So it's like, you know, it's a very Hollywood thing to have the daughter be like kind of okay with the woman that like ruined her mom's life quite a bit. I do feel a kind of like preciousness about her because I am friends with the family through that she kind of ruined <laughs> no but like <laughs> I know I know I'm just kidding he never. was with Elizabeth longer in the end than he was with right I've never met Elizabeth Taylor and I feel precious about it and I think a lot of people are very up in arms about this because I think so many people feel precious about Elizabeth I mean sadly I think Lindsay Lohan was more qualified than Kim Kardashian I agree I think 
if they went kind of like the wedding planner route and made J-Lo not Hispanic, she would be a great person to portray Elizabeth Taylor too, just because of like her life imitating it. But firstly, Kim Kardashian's a horrible actress. I had tried watching some episodes from this season of American Horror Story. No bueno. I guess when you're producing it and financing it, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But here's a fun, interesting detail I learned from this story. Kim Kardashian is actually the last person who ever interviewed Elizabeth Taylor before she passed in 2011. And that's what killed her. One day, I'm going to play you in a mini series for the British people of the BBC. And Elizabeth Taylor fucking just went and died. Oh, okay. Nicki Minaj needs to stop. I don't know. Do you want me to go into this? Do you want me we to went, We went Minaj? into it a little bit in the last episode. Okay, but I, what I didn't really go into, I was focusing on how Nicki Minaj is going after people on TikTok. But now I'll go into the the fight between her and Megan Thee Stallion. And I will tell you this. I, once again, have not ever liked Nicki Minaj. I will always be a Megan Thee Stallion's side about all of this. I don't know what started it. They just won. Nicki Minaj started a diss track, and then Megan Thee Stallion did something back. And, you know, Nicki Minaj made fun of the fact that Tory Lane shot uh, Megan the Fox. Megan, is it Megan the Fox? Megan the Stallion. Not Megan the Fox. That's a different person. <laughs> Megan the Fox. That's her hip hop gangster name. I was like, why does Megan the Fox sound right? Because it's not her name. Oh my God. Anyway, Tory Lane shot her in the foot. She made a joke about it. You know, obviously the, the shot happened a long time ago. So Megan the Fox, her, uh, <laughs> Megan, I know I did it on purpose. Megan the Stallion. So I guess there were threats by Nicki Minaj or by the Barbs to do fucked up things to Megan the Stallion's dead and buried mother. They had to up security at the cemetery that her mother is buried at. What is wrong with people? But like, like what, grave rob? Or like, like, right, like what are you going to do? Dig up somebody's dead mother? And do, like, do you not understand what you're actually saying? Yeah, that's just so odd and terrible. Horrible. And odd. I feel like it just goes to show how completely off the fucking rails we as civilization have gone that we're like, wow, these two rappers I don't know personally are beefing. Let me go dig up one of their dead mothers and do shit to her. (laughs) Like, what? That is crazy. That is crazy talk. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's your hot goss for the week. It may not have cheered anybody up, but it was fun. I feel like I'm in a tornado of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Should we hashtag a swag baggy? Hashtag swag bag. Mine this week, which is very fun. I'm doing it in honor of Demi Moore and peel off <laughs> her little tiny chihuahua. The that cut certainly felt peel off yes. needed some time. One day when Clementine leaves this world, RIP in the future, I will get a little tiny peel off type chi and I just am going to carry it in a dog sling like Demi Moore recently did when she went to the SNL after party as Melanie Griffith's guest with peel off. And I already have the dog sling and I was using it. Matt uses it in social settings with Clementine. 
line, which I can't believe that's a sentence. In social settings. Yes. <laughs> it's his going out sling. <laughs> when we're in social settings and Clementine is there, she growls at Matt until he picks her up. And so he has to stand there and talk to people hanging out, carrying Clem. So I bought him this dog sling. That could cause an arm problem. She's not light. You know, 14 pounds of chi love. My hashtag swag bag pick is the dog sling that I got from Amazon for $20 in honor of Demi and Pilaf. It's great. Clem with her busted leg, you know, how Clem has been dealing with her torn ACL. I was solely taking care of her in that thing. I was baby wearing the chi. And um, really, I I can't recommend it enough. It's great. Guys, on brand. I'm going to do a real on brand swag bag. You ready? I don't know. I'm ter- I'm like kind of scared. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm excited. I'm sweating a little. What is it? I, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My hashtag swag bag is my beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Show's over, everybody. I gotta go. I got to Lately, my go. eyes have been looking beautiful. Oh my god. Hashtag swag bag genetics. <laughs> Wow. Well, there you have it. A dog sling and Carrie's blue eyes. Those are the hashtag swag bag picks. I can't believe we didn't mention this at the top of the show, but don't forget Momtourage Live in person. The Love Hangover is happening February 15th at Yoga Renew in Hoboken. It is going to be so, so much fun. You're going to get a real hashtag swag bag. And it won't be my eyeballs because there's only one set and I need them. Maybe people are going to go all uh, Nicki Minaj and do something (laughs) to your eyeballs because the world is unhinged and crazy. Someone's going to want your eyeballs man all right well too bad guys come you enjoy it (laughs) it'll be this so if you like this you should be there you should come uh link to buy tickets is in our show notes we gotta go we have got to go we have to end the show we love you all bye bye okay that's our show today folks thank you so much for giving us a listen please do not forget to rate review and subscribe or follow we are out here on our own and these things really really matter we want to hear from you tell us what you want to hear email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com follow us on instagram facebook and tiktok all at momtourage podcast to hang out with us all week long we are here for you you are not alone we got you So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.